Happy Father's Day. There's one father in here. With all our dads stand up, just have to have your dad stand. Let's just thank our dads, yeah. We are grateful for our fathers. Well, Father's Day is here, and hopefully there is a plan for you fathers this afternoon, maybe a, a dinner, a cookout, or just that you can just sit around the house with a remote control and go to any channel that's not Hallmark, you know, just something like that. But then the wives say, that's your every day. Well, you know, I can't think of a better job than to be a dad. Right, dads? It's, it's, it's the best job in the world. Well, Father's Day really started on July 5th, 1908 in a church in Virginia. Actually, this church was honoring, commemorating 362 men who died in a coal mining accident. And so this particular church got together and created this annual holiday in their city, in their town, to honor those fathers who had passed. And the next year in Spokane, Washington, a woman named Sonora Smart Dodd, one of six children raised by a widower, tried to establish a holiday equivalent to Mother's Day, of course, honoring the fathers. She went to local churches, the YMCA's, local governments, shopkeepers, to drum up its support for her idea. And lo and behold, the first Washington State holiday for Father's Day was on June 19, 1910. Well, as World War II began, and they were thinking of what to celebrate as men were coming home from overseas, they said what would a great day would be to celebrate fathers coming home to their families after fighting in a war. But it wasn't until 1972, after a hard-fought presidential re-election campaign by Richard Nixon, that he signed the proclamation of Father's Day into order, and hence we have Father's Day as a federal holiday. Economists say, estimate that Americans spend over $1 billion on Father's Day. That is a lot of ties and coffee mugs, right? That's a lot of ties and coffee mugs. So I thought I would start up off this morning with some just heartwarming stories that I've just found on the internet about their dad. So this is a lady by the name of Heather Muir. She says this, when my mom, sorry, when my mom was at work, and my dad was at work in the late night shift, he'd be in charge of doing my super curly hair in the morning. I wanted a topsy tail so badly, I don't know what that is, so my dad made one for me, using duct tape and a piece of plastic from a brown hanging basket. It worked perfectly. Grace Elkis says this, my dad always went out of his way to make our birthday party special. One year, he hid the presents from my sister and me, prank called us, and told us that they had been stolen. Then he sent us on a scavenger hunt to find the presents with their guests. I thought that was pretty interesting. Elizabeth Passarelli said this, My dad could sew. Once, when I was home for a friend's wedding, the beaded straps of my dress popped off as I was sitting in the car. He grabbed two pieces of elastic band and a sewing kit and whip-stitched a makeshift strap in about 15 minutes, and we weren't even late. Wow, that's amazing, a dad that can sew. And lastly, Westry Green says this, When I was about five or six growing up in northern Florida, my dad and I would sometimes go to Disney World without my mom. We arrived at the hotel fairly late, and I was very sleepy but we needed to get some dinner. Seeing how tired and grumpy I was, my dad made dinner for us out of the snacks of a vending machine and let me eat in bed, and I fell right 
asleep. I felt so decadent and naughty, but it was the best night's sleep that I ever, ever had. That's awesome. That's a memory that you will remember. And for me and my brother, this is especially true. All the best memories of dad start with, don't tell your mom. Right, guys? I can still think of memories. Like, yep, my mom still to this day doesn't know. So either we shot something, we jumped into something, we raced something down the road. Don't tell your mom. Moms, you just don't understand. Well, this morning our text is going to be 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. It's not your typical Father Day text. However, we want to take a look at Paul's life and how he, we can reflect on him being a spiritual father to this church, this church of Thessalonica. You see, this church was faithful in serving the Lord, and they listened to what Paul had to say because he lived it. So this particular chapter describes Paul's ministry to this church at Thessalonica. So let's begin reading our text this morning, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting at verse 10. Paul says this, You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. You know how, like a father with your, his children, he exhorted each of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom in glory. So this morning, dads, this message is for you. So moms, you can sit and relax. You have to nudge your husband. Feel free to do so. We had your message a few weeks ago for Mother's Day. But today we want to look at four observations as dads, how we can be better dads, greater dads, by looking at the life of Paul being a spiritual father to this church in Thessalonica. First, dads, we need to do this. Dads, you need to live transparent lives. Live transparent lives. See what it says there in verse 10. You are witnesses. Well, that word witness there in the Greek means one who testifies. See, Paul is telling the church, you have seen me with your own eyes. As a spiritual father, Paul lived what he preached. Dads, that's very important. They could see this as a witness. They could testify. Yep, Paul, that's exactly, listen to Paul. He lives it. Dads, the best preaching is how you live. The kind of witness your life is based on is how you live, not what you speak necessarily. What type of dad are you? Are you a dad that just talks out orders and, and tells your kids this is how you live and you live opposite of that? Look at the phrase there in the beginning of the chapter in 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 and 2. As you know, circle or underline that phrase, as you know. And he says this in 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 2. For you yourselves know, brothers... That our coming to you was not in vain, but though we had already suffered and had been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of how much conflict. Verse 5, for we never came with words of flattery, as you know. So how is Paul here showing the believers like a father? This is how you be a father. As you know, you live your life transparently. There's no secrets. There's no hidden agendas. See, if we live our lives transparently, I believe there's three areas in which we can apply in that area. One is living devoutly. Living devoutly, that means to be pure, holy, sacred. He lived what he preached. See, if you don't live spiritually at home, then you have no message for your kids. If you tell them to go to church, you tell them to do this, and you don't live it, you have no message. However, if you live spiritually, guess what? And you live it out, your words will be powerful, meaningful, and credible. Does that make sense, dads? 
They will be meaningful, powerful, incredible. Dads, you, I'm going to get a little hard on you here this morning, but you are the spiritual leader of your family. You're either leading your children to God or you're leading them away from God by how you live. You see, our children listen to what we say. However, they watch how we live. And dads, we are that person they are watching. I was on a website this week. Kids are, and teenagers, and actually in their 20s, they're leaving the faith. They're leaving the church. And church leaders are just kind of blown away by this. And there's a website, church plant website, it's called. There's five reasons they, we think people, young people, are leaving the church after they get out of the house. And they're not going to be on the screen because there's, there's a lot of words. So just, just listen closely. Number one, reason one, we aren't helping them find answers to hard questions. Number two, we are spending more time teaching them to be good than we are teaching them what it means to follow Jesus. Number three, they can, they can see behind the mask, the mask we're talking about, meaning you say one thing, but you do another. Reason four, we are emphasizing rules over relationships. And number five, we aren't helping them develop deep, long-lasting connections in the church. And we sit, and when you look at those reasons, you know, why are young people leaving the church? This is, this is, this is what, how, can we, how can we stop this? Dads, this is our job. Those five things that I mentioned, this is our responsibility. It is not the church's responsibility to raise your kid. It is not the youth group's responsibility to raise your kid. It's not the Christian school's responsibility to raise your kid. It is dads. It's our job. We hold the line. Why are kids leaving the church? It's not because there's not a good preacher, it's not good worship. Dads, because we're not living it at home. Wake up. Look at the world around us. Dads, we got to get out of this sleep and raise our kids to honor God. Look what Moses said in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. He says this. I'm going I'm to read it with emphasis. I know this particular slide looks like my high school test I took. All the red markings of all the wrong answers that I had. But I want, I'm going to... It makes it the same here. <laughs> you get it good, buddy. You get it good. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Here's what, here's what Moses told the nation of Israel. And these words that I command you today, you sh- this today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit at your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as signs on your head and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Moses is talking to the leaders of the clans and the tribes of Israel here. And guess who was in charge of the spiritual well-being of the family? Fathers. You, Moses is saying, you do this. You are the spiritual leader of your family. Are we leading devotedly our kids in the way of Christ? Are you a dad who's seeking golf balls on Sunday instead of seeking God? Are you running after football instead of fellowship and family on Sunday? Are you pursuing work over worship on Sunday? Dads, we need to be devotely 
living for God so our lives are transparent, so our kids can see what is important. Now, sidebar here. This is not the the answer to all. Our children have a free will, and they will choose to follow God or they will choose not to follow God. And understand this. Dads could be following everything that we're talking about this morning. Don't be discouraged. If we are doing the best we can, God knows that our children will make the decision, and they have to answer for themselves. Understand that, parents? We do the best we can, and we bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of God. At some point, our children are going to say, nope, I don't believe that, or they're going to say, you know, I am going to follow this way. But dads, we got to do the best we can, that we are the spiritual leaders of our homes. The buck stops with us. Let's live devoted lives for God. So devotely, number two, he li- Paul lived honestly. Look at verse 10. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous. His life was lived honestly in front of these Christians in Thessalonica. Paul and his actions to the church, this is how he lived. As you know, you know I live this way. As you know, you are witnesses. When we think about raising kids, sometimes we treat our kids differently, maybe with disciplines. Judy and I are always reminded from our older kids that you never treat us that way when you let them get away with this. And that, what's the words? That's not fair. Right, guys? That's not fair. Well, Mitchell and Mason, Mariah's a lot cuter than you guys, so she is just going to be able to do whatever. But we hear that. Now listen to this. The research at Harvard University says this. To prevent child delinquency is to have a firm, fair, consistent discipline of a father. Let me say that again. To have a firm, fair, consistent discipline of a father. As a chaplain with the police department, there's a, there's a, there's a program called a station house adjustment, and as, it's actually for the state of New Jersey. And what this means is when a juvenile gets arrested and is charged with a crime, they can go ahead and go through this program, community service, where a chaplain gets involved, and they don't get charged for this act. It's called an out-of-jail card, they call it. Okay, it's gr- there's grace shown. And so I go down and meet with the kid, and I meet with the parent. Nine, nine times out of ten, I am meeting with the mom. There's no dad involved. But there's one particular uh, situation a few years back that I met a dad. And I went down to the station, and this kid looked like he was, like, like the fear of God was in his eyes because the officer says, your dad is on his way. And the guy just... I'm dead. Just put me in jail now. Just put me in jail because my dad is going to just beat me. This dad walks in. And he comes to me. He's a chaplain officer. I'm sorry you have to deal with this. I apologize. Son, what do you say to these two men right here? He had this son stand up, look us in the eye, shake our hand. Why? Because he's teaching his kid how to live honestly. When you make mistakes, guess what? You own up to them. Dads, this is what we need to do with our children. Live honestly. Treat them fairly. Let's look at blameless. We need to be blameless. Verse 10, you are witnesses in God also. How holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct. What's blameless mean? Well, it's not, we're not perfect. The only one that was perfect was Jesus. But it's the idea of no charges against you, no guilt, no blame against you. Dads, we have a faith. We need to be faithful in our obligation as a dad. It's the most important job of our life. There's some statistics here I want to run through, and it gives you an idea of how important this job is, dads. 
20 million kids go to bed tonight with this, in a single parent home. 43 of them live in a fatherless home. Fatherless daughters are 53% more likely to marry as a teen. Fatherless daughters are 111% more likely chance to have a child as a teen. Fatherless sons are 300% more likely to spend time in prison. Do you think the job of a father is important? Dads, we need to raise up a generation of children who are seeking after God, not seeking after wealth, not seeking out off of power or prestige or glory. I love this quote. I have no idea where it came from, but I can't take credit for it. A child loves his mother, but will follow his father. A child loves his mother, but will follow his father. Dads, think about it for a minute. Where are you leading your children? And, I, and as I look at there's some there's some young folks here, some folks that aren't married. Listen, guys, take pay attention. Take a lesson of how maybe you can be a dad, maybe a better dad than what your dad was. We all make mistakes. We need to better ourselves to be a greater dad. We need to live transparent lives. We need to be devoted. We need to be honest. We need to be blameless. Number two, the second observation, dads, we need to speak encouraging words. Speak encouraging words. Look what he says there in verse 12, for verse 11 and 12. For you know how, like a father with his children, again, he's saying, listen, just like you know, you've seen, you've witnessed, we exhorted each of you and encouraged you. That word exhorting is exactly that in the Greek. It's, it's encouraging or consoling. We'll get to that word in a minute, dads. See, kids are easily discouraged. How we speak to them or even in our demeanor. I'll never forget one particular moment. If we remember Mr. Dave Hobbs, he was uh, the principal at Cumberland Christian School years back. And uh, Dave was always there at the soccer games. I think Mitchell was in eighth grade. Mitchell was our goalie. It was the championship middle school game. It came down to one goal, whether it went in, they win. If, they lose, if, they, if it went in, they lose. If they, he stopped it, they won. Any dad or parent in a position of a, a, parent, a kid as a goalie is not a fun position to be in because they get blamed for the whole thing, right? And what happened? Comes down in, he, it was the penalty shot, it went in, he didn't, go for, he, he didn't go on the right side, okay? My head dropped. Dave came up to me, he said, Jay, he said, be careful your demeanor with your son. I was like, Dave, you're right. I wasn't disappointed in him. I said, Mitch, you're still a loser, but good job. <laughs> but our demeanor, how we respond to things, and I needed that. I needed that admonishment in my life. Dad, be your kid's biggest encourager. I love what Proverbs 15:1 says. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, there's only one New Testament passage of Scripture that deals with parenting. You're like, really? Ephesians 6, 4. It says, mothers, no, fathers, fathers. See, he even agrees. Fathers, I heard him. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That word provoke is you cause them to get angry or irritated. Dads, do you do that constantly with your kid? I mean, we probably have made mistakes. I understand that. But is that something you constantly do? So let's take a minute here and look at another meaning of the word exhort. Encourage, but it means also to console. 
to console or comfort. Dads, there are times we need to show our tender side. Now, I know what you're saying. What, me? Tender side? Being a dad? That's the mom's job. I'm giving that to mom. I'm the guy who chews nails, lift up cars, has fun with you, lets you eat in bed at night. That's my job. The crying, consoling mom, boop, your job. Dads, we need to learn to cry. I know that's not going over well right now, dads. What is it with guys not having to cry? Remember in middle school, it was a bunch of friends. It was a co-ed birthday party. We were at, my, at a grandmother's house watching the movie Brian's Song. Yeah, you remember Brian's song? The story about Brian Piccolo, who was a Chicago Bears running back or tight end, and, and Gail Sayers, and they were, it was a true story. And we're like, I'm oh, watching this movie. So we're in with girls and guys, we're watching this movie. We came to this part. This was the tear-jerking part of this movie. All the girls, this is so sad. I can't believe he died. And the guys were sitting there pushing the tears back into our eyes because, you know, I was there like, i got to go to the bathroom and walk into the bathroom real quick. Why? We were looking around like, man, who, who's going to be the first dude that's going to cry here? Why is that? It's just something that we got. Guys can't cry. But that's so false. Jesus in Matthew 9, he showed compassion on people. Jesus loved people. He had emotions for people. John eleven thirty five. 35, it says that Jesus wept when Lazarus, his friend, died. So dads, we need to console. That is our job too, to be there. Show that softer side. So to, or your homework today, dads, is this. Go home today with your daughter. Watch a chick flick, eat ice cream, and cry your eyes out. Okay? That, that'll, get the, that'll get the juices flowing. If you do it with your son, come back for counseling on Monday. <laughs> I jest. The Gallup poll of teenagers it showed in an in a, in a hours, a 24-hour period, 42% of teenagers were not encouraged one time. No words of praise. Not like, hey, great job. Hey, looking good today. Hey, how's your day going? Hey, you can do it. In a 24-hour period, there was, in particular teens, 42% of them were not encouraged in one day's time. Isn't that a shame? I hope that we take take note to this that parents even and listen grandparents encourage your kids encourage your grandkids 44 percent of them 44 percent of these teens in a 24-hour period never heard the words from their father i love you dads we need to say that to your kids yes moms say that yes that's that's the consoling. That's the, yes, moms are known for doing that. And they, they do love them. But dads, the hear coming from your dad, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. That means the world. And I see some of you are smiling. You're, yeah, when I hear my mom and dad tell me they love me, that, that means a lot to me. So dad, live transparent lives. Be a witness for them to see. So they are a witness for you as you live your life. They can see as you know. They know what, how you live. And who you, what you're about. Dad, speak encouraging words to your children. Our third observation this morning is this. Dads, instruct and teach your children. Look what it says there in verse 11. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted one, each one of you, and encouraged you and charged you. That word charge there means to teach. You to walk in the manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. 
Dads, we need to testify of our own experiences in life with our children. Now, I know we don't like hearing this phrase, any of us, as kids. Well, when I was a boy, right? How many have heard that at least a gazillion times in your life? When I was a boy. But guess what? That is a good thing. Because when a dad or a mom, and they do that, when, when I was a boy, when I was a girl, they tell a story of something that they learned usually. And isn't it a great picture of a dad telling that story? Say, yeah, listen, I made this mistake, and you don't want to make that mistake. You want to let them know of all the ruts and the, and the potholes that you experienced in your life's journey. So kids, listen to your dad's stories. Even though you might roll your eyes, okay, this one again. But they're giving you some life lessons of maybe a journey you don't want to take as a young person. If you have a chance this week, dads, read Proverbs 1 and 2. Proverbs 1 and 2, Solomon is telling his son, he says, my son, my son, my son. He's given instruction. He is teaching his son. Hey, listen, stay pure, pick good friends, seek wisdom. Listen, watch out for them crazy women. He's saying, hey, watch, it's my son, my son. An instruction from a father to a son. Dads, read that this week and see the instruction and teaching that Solomon was giving. And if we know the life of Solomon, Solomon experienced some very big potholes in his life in the area of his spiritual walk, didn't he? And he's, he's telling his son, past his life, saying, looking back, saying, son, please don't do this. Son, hey, watch out for that. Dads, we need to be the same way. And young, young, young kids, listen. Listen to your dad when he shares those things. It's just not some old-time story. There is a lesson for us to learn from there. I think there's a few things as dad we need to think about in these observations this morning. I think there's, there, there's, there's three here. Dads, listen. A child's view of their heavenly father is based on their experience of their earthly father. Let me say that again. Your child's view of their heavenly father is based on their experience of their earthly father. They may say, my earthly father was a mess, so I have a heavenly father now. I hope he does a better job than my earthly father. And some of us here have had dads that were not great dads. Number two is set a standard of what type of man you want your daughter to marry. Set that standard of what kind of man you want your daughter to marry. I heard a story with Corey, Kyle Corey got married yesterday. Of course, there's that event where, the, where the, the, the dad gives over the bride to the groom. And there was a wedding where a dad said this. He says, why does it feel like I'm giving away a Stradivarius, which is a very fragile, expensive guitar. Why does it feel like I'm giving a Stradivarius away to a gorilla? You know, why am I giving this beautiful young lady over to some whack job right here? Taking my daughter. Dads, what kind of man are you showing that you want your daughter to marry? Think about it a minute. And lastly, your son is going to marry a woman. Treat your wife how you want your son's wife to be treated. Dads, how are you treating your wife? Your kids are watching. That is how 
they're going to think the norm is in a marriage. Think about it a minute, dads. How are you doing? How are we doing? Where are we leading our kids? What are we showing our kids about what a dad is and how a dad should lead? So we get to the end of the, these three observations here. And so we ask the question, okay, so what do we accomplish with our children? What's the, what's the deal here? Okay, we do all these things. What, what's the end game here? What well, leads us to our fourth and final observation. Dads, desire your kids to follow God. Desire your kids to follow God. Look what he says there in 1 Thessalonians 2.12. He says, We exhorted each of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. Listen, I, I'm encouraging you, I'm consoling you, I'm teaching you to walk in the manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Dads, our sole desire is that our children follow Jesus. In a hundred years from now, no one's going to care what job you had. No one's going to care how much your house was or how much money you made or what kind of car you drove. It didn't matter what you accomplished in athletics. Who cares when it comes to the end of your life? But dads, what matters is what did you teach your kid? Did you share with them the gospel? Did you share with them that they are a sinner and without turning to Jesus... They're going to spend an eternity in hell. Are you teaching them these truths about Scripture? Or are you more, more worried about what kind of degree they're going to get and what kind of job they're going to land and all this other stuff is just pushed this side? I had a, a friend in, in youth group, the church I went to, and he was a couple years older than I was. My dad was the youth pastor at the time, and, and he was just involved with stuff. He had, a, he had a knack for speaking. He always give devotionals in our youth group. He was involved with music. He was an athlete, so he was always out doing activities. And my dad told him, he said, man, you know what? I see God's calling on your life. Man. I think you could be a, a preacher. I think you could be in ministry full time. And the guy was like, wow, really? That's awesome. So my dad went and talked to the parents. You know, hey, listen, you need to be, your son has these gifts. You know what the parents said to my dad? There's no money in ministry. That was it. That was it. Parents, dads, that should not be on the forefront of our mind. Our only concern is that they are following Jesus. My kids come home, hey, I'm working a couple jobs, making ends meet, but man, I have a Bible study tonight. Good for me. Good for me. Here is a, a, a slide of Entertainment dads probably brings back memories. I've watched many of these shows on reruns, of course, the, the ones in black and white. Some of you probably watched them live. I won't say who they are, but do you know who they are? They were the, they were, they were the, the dads. Hopefully, you know, don't say you watch Bart Simpson. Anyway, don't, don't. That was, that's, that's a bad example of a father. Um, but the entertainment world wanted us to get an idea of what a dad looks like. You know, there was, and a lot of these guys had great, we watched the show, they had, there were good points about them as a dad. So I want to leave you with this question, what is your legacy? What are you leaving behind for your sons, for your daughters? What do they see in you? Here's a father's confession. He says this, I took my children to school, but not to church. I taught my children to drink, but not of the living water. 
I enrolled my children in Little League, but not in Sunday school. I showed them how to fish, but not to be fishers of men. I made the Lord's Day a holiday, not a holy day. It's a father's confession. A father who gets to the end of his, uh, the end of his life, he sees his kids, and he says, my kids are successful, they're doing well, but the one thing I failed at, he says to dad, is the spiritual. Dads, it's not being a wimp to push your kids to do spiritual things. That's not the mom's job. Dad, shake your head with me. It's not the mom's job. Many dads, go, go, go to church with your mom. No, dads, that's your responsibility as a dad. And we need to get busy because as we read the statistics, kids are leaving the church, and it's not the church's fault. It's the dads who need to stand up in the home and say, no, we will do this. You will do this. This is what you're going to do as long as you are in my house. I can never, I can never imagine telling my dad, next Marine, Vietnam vet, tell me, yeah, I'm not going to church today. I'm going to stay home. He would have drugged me by the back of my neck and put me in the car. That's just how we rolled as farmers back in the day. I never could tell my dad. Why? Because my dad was a spiritual leader of our family. No, we will do this. This is how we're going to live. So dads, you have to make a decision here. Are you going to live transparently? Are you going to speak words of encouragement to your kids? Are you going to instruct and teach your kids in the ways of God? And dads, our only sole desire is that our kids follow Jesus. That's it. So dads, I hope we can take inventory. I know I took inventory in my life this week as I was studying this. So there are four observations that we can put in a place in our life to become a better dad. Are you with me, dads? And you guys that are not yet dads, put this in the back of your mind of how to show forth to be a better dad for God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Just pray, Father, that uh, you would just give us a, a great a great day today with our dads. And Lord, just thank you again for giving us that job of becoming a 